Hello and welcome to the Courage to Be podcast, where we explore how to raise your game, lean into discomfort and have more impact and purpose. I am your host, Sinead Millard. Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's interview where I speak to Loretta Nigowen founder and director of award-winning production and digital marketing agency, Lord Media. Loretta began her career in film and television over 16 years ago and has since worked in numerous roles, both on and off camera, from film reviewer to producer on the ground with The Oprah Winfrey Show. But in today's interview, it's really about taking us back in time where Loretta talks to some of the harder decisions that she had to make before becoming the founder of what is now known as Lorg Media, in particular, leaving her full-time, very reputable job with a major national TV station, TG Gaher, when at the time, lots of people thought she was crazy to do so. Um, Loretta also takes us forward today and draws on some of the challenges she's been through as a working mum and really brings us into the reality of that and some of the ways in which she has been able to deal with that. There's something incredibly refreshing about Loretta's perspective on life and perhaps this is also due to the fact that she had quite the um, empowering childhood and I think you'll hear throughout this interview that Loretta draws on her childhood quite a lot and shares with us some of those unique moments that have really impacted her today as she has moved forward both in her personal and professional life. I think it's fair to say that Loretta from a young age was not afraid to try new things, to embrace the unknown and really look forward with hope and excitement instead of fear and apprehension. But that's all from me. Um, I'll let you guys enjoy the interview. Loretta, you are very welcome. Thank you so much today, Jermina Mahat. Oh, I have to say, this is so lovely to be interviewing a fellow Irish woman. And <laughs> I would like to share with the audience before we pressed record, Loretta said something interesting, was, which was the fact that she doesn't believe that there is one thing, one big story that has enabled her to get to where she is today, rather lots of little steps. And... I wanted to share this because firstly, I think it speaks to Loretta's humility, um, but also for me, I'm interested in those little steps. Um, so what decisions, what choices had to be made before you became the founder of what is now an award-winning digital marketing agency? So I think with that, can we go back to a particular step, decision, choice that you made in your mid-twenties when you decided to leave your full-time, pensionable, very reputable job with TG Cahir, which is a Irish broadcasting company, and maybe talk us through that experience as it was for you back then. Um, yeah, so I was very lucky after my postgrad to, I did some freelance and then I started working TG Cahir, um, where uh, it was just an amazing place to start. There were, it was a new, vibrant, young company. 
um, where you weren't pigeonholed, you got to try lots of different things out, and then an opportunity arose to move into the newsroom with Nuach Dorothy and TG Cahar, where I became a news coordinator and then went on to be a multi-camera news director. Um, and I suppose for me at the time, the the most where you could lead yourself to was multi-cam news director on a, a dinner and an election where you would have like various different guests in the studio between five and six cameras and you would cut that live and uh, it was a, an amazing buzz. I loved it. Mm. I loved the people. I still love the people. I'm still in touch with so many of them. But for me, I knew that um, it, it wasn't for me forever. I was in a full-time pensionable job with the state broadcaster and I remember sitting in a bar in Spittle with the uh, with the Irish Language Commissioner at the time and he said, Loretta, do you know what you're doing? Do you know what you're leaving behind? And I said, uh, I do. And I just know it wasn't the people that weren't making me unhappy. It, it was me that I just needed something else. So that came as a knock upon the door. Um, somebody called me up and said, Loretta, there's this new scheme where we want to train up young, uh, new producers. And to make a long story short, they were happy to match my salary. So I was like, great. Uh, right. So I, I left my job. They wouldn't give me a year out. And maybe that was a good thing in hindsight because there was mm. no going back. But at the same time, my old um, my old um, manager did say, listen, if you do want to come back, the door is always open. So that was nice to know. So I headed off into the unknown, um, did lots of amazing courses, script writing in the University of Westminster. We came back, we did... Um, learning how to pitch was part of it so pitching your tv program to a state broadcaster to a broadcaster and that that learning was absolutely great uh, I was still very much not really knowing though that this is what I wanted to do um, so now I was in the freelance world I had been in full-time pensionable and that scheme came to an end and then it was like what do I do next and uh, one or two other production companies asked me to go along with them and then I remember I'll bring you up to my say 30th birthday and I was working for a great production yeah. company back in Connemara in a place called Kilkiron which is about 50 miles from Galway City. I was sat on my own on my 30th birthday uh, with a role that I just got in a shop and I was looking out at the sea going oh my god what am I doing back here uh like just what am I doing so what was the thought process there what were some of the concerns what were some of the fears the self-doubt that came up for you at that point in time um I suppose before you're you know you're in a conversation and people say oh what are you doing oh you're presenting with TG Cahar or you're that's great now you're a news director and do you enjoy that and so there's all these titles associated with your job and now I was um production manager with the sports show but unless you're kind of in the industry people don't really get that and show sport was a newish program at the time and they're kind of like oh right but what do you really do and um and where are you working so now you've left this um big tv station with lots of young people working in it and you're working in a smaller team in an old school built at the turn of the century that was freezing in winter but we we got on great as a team but yeah, so I was asking myself stuff like, why am I doing this? What have I done? But I was still more comfortable sitting on that pier than I would have been staying where I was. So I knew I was in the right track. Mm. I just didn't know exactly where I was going. But I just gave myself the freedom, I suppose, to know, 
okay, this isn't forever. But, you know, when I look back at it now, I'm like, wow, that brought me here, there. It, I learned so much and um, it gave me confidence as well because the guys I was working with had so much confidence within me. And I, I feel I brought that into my company now where I try and instill confidence into my team, making them know that, you know, I try my best not to be down their necks all the time and just let them, you know, do yeah. their own projects. So I think there's so much there, right? So I think you talked to, it's almost like the courage to make that decision to leave TG Cahir in a way was uncomfortable, but staying in TG Cahir, I'll bet all the benefits that it had, and you talked about the people and all of those things, but was going to be more uncomfortable, right? And I think what I'm really intrigued by as well is what enabled you to be able to trust that process even though it was very uncomfortable, even though it was very much wrapped up in uncertainty, what what gave you that capacity as a 30-year-old woman to be able to kind of go, okay, I'm feeling all these things, but I know it's taking me somewhere, but I have no idea what that looks like? Uh, it's hard to pinpoint exactly what it was, but um, I suppose I, I've grown up in a house where I've watched my father as... Um, an entrepreneur I suppose at the time it was just known as a hard worker you didn't say oh he's such an entrepreneur but um and he would try something and then that mightn't work and he'd try something else and some people you know in Ireland that might be called a chancer but it's somebody that is not afraid to go out there do something and if it doesn't work out try something else um but I also knew I suppose at the time that um, if I work, if you work re hard at anything, I think anything is achievable. And I saw that um, in my father and I grew up with that. So I suppose um, that really helped. But I also had the freedom as a child. And, and when I was in filling out the UCAS forums and the CAOs, it wasn't like you're right, you have to be a teacher. You have, why don't you try and get medicine? Or it was very much, what would you like to do? Um, what are you going to put down? I was you know, allowed put, when I say allowed, it was, I felt very free. So I had drama and avarice with down, I had cultural studies in London. I had all these random things, but I didn't really know what I wanted to do. So my mum brought me to a career guidance teacher who, rather than looking at all my points, asked me, what are the things you like to do outside of? So I was in the orchestra, I loved traditional Irish music, I loved the language. And I suppose at that very young age, that one meeting where we drove to the middle of the country, met this lady, and then I realised that it wasn't all about points, that to be happy and to do what it is you want to do, it's about leaning into the things that give you joy. And all these extra things I was doing outside of chemistry and German and all the different subjects, the seven or eight subjects I was doing for my leaving cert, gave me a lot more joy. So I just lent into them a bit more. And I suppose when I left TG Carr at, I think I was, I can't remember, maybe 26 or seven, and I went out into this freelance world and then the, the recession came here in Ireland. And there were times I could barely, I barely had enough money to, <laughs> to like I went from this girl who had bought a house with a friend, had her BMW, to living, renting off my sister, renting my own house, trying to top that mortgage up, um, to barely have enough money like to share, to, to buy the toilet paper in that house. <laughs> and yeah. it was just like, I remember one day meeting my friend and she said, Loretta, 
oh, I never knew it was that bad. Why didn't you tell me? Uh, <laughs> but that girl at the same time said to me, Loretta, like, you'll always be grand. You'll, you'll always come up with some way to make money or some way to get a job. And I suppose I just had that little bit of, um, I always had a belief that I, I could always get a job somewhere that um yeah, yeah, I suppose that happened through. <laughs> yeah, no, it's so interesting because I also remember, so I interviewed Loretta for, for those listening as well um, two and a half years ago. And and it's interesting that you talk about, you know, the influence that your dad had on you in growing up. And I think that modeling is so is so important. And I love that you use the term chancer. <laughs> but I also remember you sharing that you and your siblings were born in the U.S., and you said that, quote unquote, I believe that the freedom that the U.S. offered in the 60s compared to the Ireland that your parents had left was passed on to me. Um, and I think this really resonated with me, maybe somebody who's moved around a lot geographically. And I think that that has definitely enabled me to be more of who I am when I am kind of away from my roots a little bit. And I feel like a greater sense of freedom. But can you maybe talk to freedom in this case and what what freedom kind of means to you as it relates as it relates to this um yeah I suppose I spent the first four years of my life in San Francisco and I know it was a really happy time although very mm. busy time for my mum with four under three but um I just remember the warmth and and the happiness and I suppose my parents didn't live here in the 70s so they my mom didn't have to give up her job when she had us but she decided she wanted to um and America did really offer them you know living in Boston and San Francisco and that you could actually be anyone you wanted to be and I feel um that that's always been instilled within us that um well, my brother and I are have our own businesses my sister works with somebody but at the same time we just had the freedom to do what it is we wanted to do and then when we came back home I remember um like you were saying you're living somewhere outside of your home country mm. I was in um the UK and I went to college there and I was taking creative writing class as part of my my English BA and I wrote a poem about that whole transition, you know, coming from yeah. the States to here. And I even remember, you know, there was a line in that poem, moving there and becoming it, leaving liberty and revolution to the baron of a nation. And I suppose I played the baron. And for those mm. of you listening, it's an Irish drum, a round drum. And I did really feel it was like humdrum, like it was raining all the time. It was the 80s in Ireland. Um, I suppose it was a hard time for my parents and if we think back to people like Jacques Lacan and you know I do think that blueprint in a child's brain and how we grow up and those first seven eight years of our lives really do affect those feelings it's not mm -hmm. really that you remember it but I definitely have when I think back to my youth I have I feel cold, I feel warm, I feel mm. happiness, I feel sad. Um, and I often tap into, I'm one that really taps into feelings a lot. I, and I suppose I let my, my gut or my feeling towards something uh, guide me. That's fascinating. And I think what's going through my head as well is perhaps for those who didn't have, a, you know, an upbringing that maybe was as empowering in every way as it relates to going out there and having the courage to be who it is they are is there anything that you can say to those people who are perhaps 
afraid to put themselves out there or holding back or making those changes that feel uncomfortable or that feel uncertain I suppose it's we none of us want to have regrets and it's about thinking of yourself at 90 and looking back and going oh why didn't I do that and why didn't I do this and just knowing like why not just why not why not try it and um and I know I go back to my childhood a little bit and you know, if you interviewed my sister and my brother, they'd have a completely different story because it's how it affects yeah. us as individuals. But for me, it just stood out. You know, there was a book on the table called Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway because my dad was involved in network marketing. And I just think people need to feel the fear and do it anyway. And like, who cares? Um, and I know in Ireland, like we really do have this thing where we care an awful lot about what the neighbour thinks and what different people think and there's all this status anxiety and it's in other cultures as well throughout the world but I think you have to go back to yourself as an individual and really really think about what makes you happy and when you're happy so many other people and so many other things around you are going to be happy as well. Absolutely and how did this mindset enable you to launch what is now known as Lord Media so how did this perspective so to speak that you had on life play a role in the seeding of Lord Media? So at the time I was where the seed begun I suppose I was presenting freelance presenting for RTTG Cahar on a series called Sour Lynn which means uh, summertime or bring the summer with us and I my job was to go around to farmers markets around the country and do a little report every week. Um, traditionally in a newsing situation I would have sent an email sent a fax even back in the day um, and then I would wait for a reply or I would make a phone call and wait for a reply but now there was this thing called Twitter where I just sent out a tweet and literally somebody came back to me it wasn't as noisy a place as it is now so someone came back and said oh why don't you try um it was Ella McSweeney who presents a show called Ear to the Ground here in Ireland and she came back mm. and said why don't you try Ford be it they'll let you know where the farmers markets are then to make a long story short I had to find a Gaelic speaker in each country market and um I, I sent out a tweet saying, oh, I'm, I'm coming to board Bia and let them know. And to make all these different people came back to me and said, why don't you try Rupert? He's Darina Allen's nephew and he knows the pink farmer whose son has Irish. But I got 50% of all the people I interviewed that summer. I got them from Twitter. And I was like, oh my God, this is so instant. This is so... Uh, it cuts out all, it makes my research so much quicker. And I just fell in love with Twitter in that second. Um, and I think it was then that the seed for Lurk Media was born. The name came later. Lurk means um, to seek, to find or to leave an impression. And we're a social media marketing company who do a lot of content creation and a lot of um, video production. And I suppose what we're always trying to do is impress upon people or get impressions for clients online um, and, and telling people's stories for them in whether it be through animation or through video production or helping them create their own story um, in words but Lurg Media was really that's when it was 
born. I just saw the power of Twitter. And I just said, there's something here. And I, I met people along the way. And there's one girl that I met at this um, crucial time. And her name was Gabia Kelly. And she's gone on to, mm. to work in, in social media as well. But she was the first person that I ever met in off Twitter. So I met her on Twitter. And then she was like, do you want to meet for a coffee? I was like, oh my God, this is the weirdest thing ever. <laughs> I do it all the time now. <laughs> um, yeah. I do it all the time. <laughs> but we went and we had a coffee. And then she was just somebody on a similar journey to me at the same time. And we kind of stayed in touch randomly ever since. But she was heading off to Romania. I was she just had the money in the bank that she could go and do and I didn't she's like just come I'm like I haven't like five year old <laughs> I didn't say that to her but I didn't at the time um but I knew there was something in social media so there was a position that came up in TG Carr because their head of marketing was gone at the time and I went in and I did a few days there in social media and how it all came about though <laughs> was I was sat in the canteen one day and I was sat with the head of um, finance and head of um, programming at the time, the commissioning editor, editor, head of commissioning. And I, I suppose I never really see people as, oh, that's the head of that or that's the head of this. And I even remember when I started in the TV station and this is probably a lot to do with my mother and how she brought us up. Like I never thought, oh, I'm sitting with that's, that person in that position because my parents never really think about people in positions they really believe everyone's as good as the next person and my mom really instilled that upon us because she grew up in a you know she went to school in a convent where nuns were all the time trying to beat her down and so she just goes completely against that and um so I had that kind of, you know, Nelson Mandela quote, that famous quote that isn't his quote, but that he used, you know, who are you not to be? And, you know, that our deepest fear is that we are not weak. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. And that really sticks in my mind all the time. It was at a sermon here at Mass one day um, when I was little. And I always come back to that. Um, and I just said, oh, sure, I'll just say it to them. Um, I, I didn't go in that day to the TV station and say, oh, I, I want to work in, in marketing. But it was always kind of there at the back of my mind. And I just said, why? They were chatting about marketing. And I was like, why don't you take a section of your marketing budget and put it to social media? Because all you have is a Twitter and a, a YouTube channel. You need so much more. We're a TV station. And I went away and six weeks later, HR called me up and said, Loretta, you know that conversation in the canteen? Would you mind coming in and having a chat with us? I went in. I'd never done a presentation as in with a slide deck in my life. So I had no presentation with me. I went into the boardroom where there was like 10 or 12 people sitting in front of me from the internet publicity and marketing meeting. And I was like, oh my God, I didn't know it was going to be this many people. <laughs> um, so it was at the end of their monthly meeting and they brought me in. And I, I have no idea what I said, but I, I just spoke my truth. And I just said, I think you really, really need this. So they brought me on as a three day um, a week employee, part time for six weeks, for three months, for six months, for another six months. Then it went out to, to four months and then they had to put it out to national tender and I applied. And the first time it was basically me and a 
a huge company from from Dublin and then the second time I got a little bit more of the cookie and then the third time I got a bit more and then last time we went for it we were really lucky that we got um, the whole of the, the social media contract for the TV station but yeah it's been a real journey. Wow yeah. wow that that's amazing and I think so if we if we go back to that point in time that very first meeting when they called you back in and you showed up with no powerpoint which i love um so that's that 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 for me i think there's so much in this for our audience right so this wasn't a vision that you had to to become this big company it started with kind of the tiniest form of action so to speak it started with you just leaning into an urge that you had or an inkling that you had having the courage to have the conversation and then following through yeah it's just having the courage to like I knew I knew having having worked there that I I always saw the kind of the PR PR and marketing side and I was like oh I'd love to be doing a little bit of that you know mm. a little bit of telling the story that is TG Cat because I believe in it so much and I believe in all all everything that goes with it you know promoting Irish language promoting Irish culture and um I knew that I could do that well because that's really who I am. Um, that's what I, I I want to do. That's what I want my legacy to be is, you know, somebody that helps share the story of Ireland. It just happens that I'm doing it online um, because that's the best way, in my opinion, to share a story in the world we live in today. Um, and I suppose knowing that I didn't know how it was going to end up, but I knew that I loved selling that product for want of a better word I, I knew I loved talking about it or working with it um and yeah I, I started the company um because I had already set up a, a product a production company through my freelance presenting and this was kind of like an add-on and then I realized I really really enjoyed it like at the time I was still part-time presenting where I would go around the country and do um, a cultural package for the, the evening news once a week on a Friday, uh, where I did to be people. It was like a, an entertainment package, you know, what's coming up, what plays are on, what's in the theatre, what's happening where. I really enjoyed it, but it did come to a point where I was like, why am I still doing this? Mm-hmm. Um, but I knew I had to because I wanted to get married and I wanted the money <laughs> so yeah. that could happen. <laughs> and it's about feeling that pain as well. It's not just like I arrived in and it was all there given to me. I had to I had to make it into something because there was nothing there before. There was like a Twitter channel with 600 followers and a YouTube channel with a few subscriptions. So it's like, okay, I knew there was something amazing happening in the world. Uh, not a lot happening in Ireland, definitely not in Galway in the West Coast. Mm-hmm. So I said every month I'm either going to get on a bus, I'm going to do a course, and I literally would go up to Dublin on a go bus, get the bus up and down, go to a chat for like two hours and people would be like, oh, and so where did you come from? I'd be like, Galway, what are you doing after? I'm like going back to Galway. They thought I was crazy, but I was so eager for knowledge. And for me, learning everything online doesn't work for me. I have to look into people's eyes. I have to see people physically. I have to feel the energy they're feeling. And so I would do that every single month for a whole year. I would get on a bus, I would do a course online, I would chat to people online, I became part of groups and I realised, yeah, there is something happening around the world and I'm just delighted that I had the opportunity to 
bring a little bit of that magic to TG Power and to be able to grow with them. They've, they're doing so much internally now as well. It's amazing. And it's just really lovely to still be part of that tapestry. Wow, that's that's amazing. And you talk about those pain points. And I think if we could maybe elaborate a little bit on that. So you talk about, look, it's not all it's not all pleasurable. It's not all pain, you know, plain sailing. And um, what helped you tolerate some of the more painful points along the way? I think it's about writing. I read a book once when I was maybe 15 or 16 uh, called Write It Down and Make It Happen. And for me, I I do I write things down a lot. I write my goals down or I write. Um, I don't always start in January. Uh, you know, I did a little bit over my holidays there. Um, and it's about having a goal because if you don't have if you don't know where you're going, you're never going to get there. Um, and the path will go right and left and center. And um, I think it's about definitely writing down what it is you want at this point of time. Now, that might change and the, the destination might change, but just knowing where you want to go definitely helps. Um, and it's for me, I can't just flitter on the keyboard. I physically have to get a pen and a paper and, and do that. Um, so there were really dark times, especially after I had my twin girls four years ago, where mm. what, the girl that was working with me at the time decided she wanted to go traveling and move to Dublin. And I got I had left all my smaller clients and just kept the bigger clients. And then I was like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? So I ended up going back to work when they were eight or ten weeks old, which was extremely difficult. But mm. um, when they say it takes a village, all these brilliant women especially my mum rallied around so that I could work 10 to 4 4 days a week and keep that main contract with the tv station and um for me it's just knowing that if you have a goal in mind you just need to keep going back to that um and for me it just can't, it's very simple it's just going back to that piece of paper or that thought process where yeah that's actually what I really want um whether that is you know even if I go back to the times where I didn't know why have I left my full-time pensionable job and now I'm working on a dating series doing research trying to find people to go on tv and find their perfect love I was like what am I doing but I want at that time it was like I really wanted to go skiing to um Austria so that was my goal then. It's like, it's important to have like little small mini goals along the way. Mm. And for me, it's important, like in the business, I have to have personal goals as well. And ones for my family, it's not all about learning media because for learning media to, for success for me, it's, it's the bigger, bigger picture. And it has to be a lot of mini goals to make that big business goal happen. I like that. Write it down. And absolutely. In talking to bigger picture, you were selected to participate in the Going for Growth program to help women grow in business, um, which in itself is a huge achievement. And we're not going to delve too deep into that today. But I do want you to maybe share with our audience a standout moment for you on the first day of that program. I was in this room. And I was there on the yeah. first day. I obviously knew nobody and was up in the Marker Hotel in Dublin. And I just didn't know why I was so nervous. I was, 
uh, one my daughter didn't really sleep the night before and she was quite asthmatic so I was up most of the night I got the 5am train to Dublin everyone's looking <laughs> amazing and I was just like okay so I went to the bathroom about twice my yeah. palms were just sweating and then I started talking to a lady who ended up being in my group I was just I gravitated towards her and obviously people thought we'd be good in a group together as well she runs a language school in Dublin an English language school and uh, we started chatting and then we sat down and then I listened to Chupi she's an Irish uh, fashion designer on stage and she'd done the uh, she's an Irish jewellery designer and she'd done the program two years two years previous to that and she spoke about how she felt on the first day and then I felt so much better so I realized I wasn't the only person <laughs> and I took a deep breath and then I started chatting to the girl next to me and She's like, oh, so did you come up this morning? And I was like, yes, I came from Galway on the train. And I left my daughter, two daughters at home. And my mother said I shouldn't come. And she's like, well, I just left my eight month old and three other children. And, mm. and then I realized I'm not alone. That these are all women in business. And that we all have the same doubts. And, and that comfort in knowing that we're all going through the same thing, um, whether it's in business or in, in life that everybody has their thing. So when you meet somebody on the street and you're like, oh, he looks mm. so grumpy and you just don't ever know what's going on in people's lives. And it was a real um, game changer for me to be in the same room as all these other great women that were on a journey of growth and that we had each other to, to, to chat with even when the thing was over, but it also gave us great um, business courses, whether it be HR or legal. Um, it was a really, really great program, but above all, it was the group that brought us together and our mentor, Marissa Carter, was just really good as well. And just to be in a room with other working mums and to realise that it's okay, because I would have a lot of people saying to me, Loretta, you're working too hard. Think of what your children are missing out on. Those kisses in the morning, you're not there to give them. They didn't get put to bed by you. They didn't get their story. And I have to go, this is right for me. And I know what I'm doing. And I, I, I know that, yes, I'm missing out on some things, but I'm doing it for 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 my goals yeah. and what makes us as a family happy and um, that's you know my children and my husband and we really kind of ebb and flow an awful lot and yeah that that program was just great is that support mm. from other and, people and thank you for sharing that about you know raising kids as well there's mums out there um who are listening who you know I think as mums we can all relate to the guilt that we feel whether we stay at home whether we don't stay at home I mean I think guilt is just kind of comes as part of the parcel sometimes and we have to learn to deal with that but do you have do you actively have people saying to you that you're missing out on on those things uh yeah I would actively have people saying to me I can't believe you leave your kids with the baby minder that you don't really know that well and I'd be like well mm -hmm. I have the background done or I'll have my mum I suppose sees how hard I'm working as well I live close by to her so she would often be like yes. I don't know why you're working so hard and I know why I'm working so hard because I'm trying to create I'm creating a business I'm creating a company I'm creating something that I'm proud of something that I hope that the people that work with me and I believe they are proud to be part of um, and that's a huge part for me yeah. as well as the DNA of the people that work with me um, going for growth helped me so much to realize it's okay to 
to leave your children and have your your husband wake them up one morning and yeah. to bed. He does loads more than that, by the way. But that that it's okay. Um, I also heard women, you know, that had young children that were heading off to China to source new products. Or I ended up going to San Diego this year uh, to the Social Media World Summit. And I, there's no way I would have gone to that without that group of of women to say, yeah, it's okay. Now for me. I will go again this year, but I went too long for me. Like I left my children for six or seven days because I'm in San Francisco. And for me personally, that's just too long. So next year I'll either go shorter or bring them with me. And it's just about figuring out what's right for you. I know business women that do that every few months and that's fine for them. But I think for anyone listening out there, it's just really about honing into what makes you feel right? What makes your family feel good? And and just really blocking out those naysayers that were, would be like, oh, it's your Facebook. For me, it was like sitting at boardrooms mm-hmm. and people would be like, your Facebook will be gone tomorrow. And I'm in my head going, yeah, yeah. sure, if it is gone, something else is going to come along. And they're like, Snapchat will be gone. And I'm like, yeah, but if, you know, what happened with Snapchat? Yes, it got pushed to the side, but now we've Instagram stories and Instagram. So just being confident at, to know that, it's what's right for you as a family. Uh, And it really comes back down to that. Once Ian and I, uh, my husband and I are happy with what we're doing, um, then it's okay. So he was doing a course there with work and he was gone for three weeks and then he didn't feel bad about it because I was at home with the girls. And it's just about, you know, really listening to that. And yeah, all those naysayers and even in in with uh, being a mum I do get it a little bit very subtly but it's like oh and oh god you're so busy all the time and do you see the girls much and like they're my daughters of course I do but it's just about like realizing they kind of people see a certain amount on social media as well you know um and even with their own learned media account they're like god were you there and were you here and sometimes Mm -hmm. it's the team that have been to Donegal and I'm actually in Galway but um yeah it's it's hard don't it's it's been um there have been times where I've wanted to go what am I doing you know just putting the girls down and going back to the laptop and working on late at night and getting up in the morning and even up to last year I just never really had a proper night's sleep and but it does get better. And when you have these little small wins, I think it's really, really important, no matter where you're going in life or what you're choosing to leave behind and go into to celebrate the small wins. I hear such strength in your capacity to be able to really stand strong on what it is you're doing, right? So irrespective of some of the judgment that you might feel at times around, you know, not being with the kids at certain times etc but as you tell the story I'm really blown away by your capacity to stand stand strong and for me that kind of speaks to perhaps the alignment that you have as it relates to what it is you're doing and your own personal values um, and what it is that's important to you so can you maybe just as we draw to kind of more of the closing talk to us about I guess we can maybe bring in some of your legacy or your purpose here, but how is this work that you're doing in the world meaningful for you, maybe at a more deeper level? Um, I think for me, it's actually a quote I I saw maybe a few weeks ago, or perhaps when I was on holidays, um, by a lady I read in college called Toni Morrison. And she said, 
woman, probably paraphrasing, she said, make a difference about something other than herself. And for me, that's what it's about. It's about me making a difference to a product or to our clients that um, that we bring more people to a young a theatre um, show for, for people under six by being part of it, that we um, celebrate um, the cultural diversity of Ireland and all the gems that it has, because it's, it's, it's other than me personally. It's not about Loretta and it's not about Lord Media. It's about us shining a light on the great things other people are doing. Um, and that's what keeps me going. It's, it's about, it's about that. It's like, it's not about Loretta, it's not about Lurg. And it is, but it's it's basically making a difference about something other than ourselves. And I just love, I genuinely love helping other people achieve things, helping other people sell tickets to a great theatre production, helping other people realise how brilliant that film actually is or how brilliant that documentary series that they've produced and spent so long working on is and getting more eyeballs on that because there's real value in it. I'm not sure if I'll ever be able to sell Coca-Cola or products that I don't believe in and that's okay and maybe sometimes things come our way where it's like Loretta why don't you do this there's great money in it and for me yes money is important um, there are things that I want to do for my family places I want to see in the world that won't happen without money but what keeps me happy and I believe my core team is that we are making a difference and we're making a difference about something, about something we believe in. And it's about having our values as a family and our values as Lurg Media, knowing that what it is we're doing. And once everybody knows that we're doing this X for Y, everyone feels a little bit better because they feel A, they feel part of a community and together everyone achieves more, but B, they know they're striving for something bigger than themselves. I think that really takes us to a lovely place. Um, but I do just want to ask you one more question. <laughs> um, as you talk about storytelling, is there a story that you've had to stop telling yourself to get to where you are today? Yeah, I think there's no one story. I, I, I don't think there's one mistake that I try and forget or... I know that I've had lots of mistakes, but I I think I now have the capacity to look at that story or look at that mistake and say, yeah, that happened. Why did it go wrong and move on? And just not having the fear. And I, I do go back to that sermon that I heard at mass from a priest that had been to South Africa and came back and, 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 and read us that quote that Mandela had just used in speech. Um, Who are you not to be? And, and that I, I think about that an awful lot. Like, who are you not to be? You know, when people are like, oh, are you getting above your station? And um, when you, like, it's just, who are you not to be? Like, just be yourself. And I have some great friends. I have some really, really great friends um, that, you know, there's one or two or even more that, like, remind me of, you know, already are actually good at that. Keep doing that. Um, and they'll also tell me, not sure about that that you published there. And I try and be as honest as I can um, on the journey, whether it's on Instagram or, you know, especially Instagram stories. Um, 
just being you and not being afraid to be you because the nearer you are to your values and yourself and even at work with the team that work with me I, I, I love them to be themselves that they feel happy. like I was dying to get back to work in, in one way I was sad for yeah. the, you know to let the holidays go and the rosé and the relaxed <laughs> nights but it's like I was really excited about getting back into the office and meeting the team because uh, they're comfortable in who they are around me as well which is a really important thing for me um, but yeah it's just having that that courage I think um, to let those little voices are the stories that keep kind of going, I don't know mm. if you're good enough. I don't know if that's you. There's so many better people out there. But if you are yourself and if you, you know, be original and be yourself, there's no one actually out there like you. And we are all very, very special because we're only special if we, if we believe it and we know that we're different. And each one of us um, are. And it's there's a saying, uh, um, God has all sorts and it's true it's kind of something we fire around we mightn't really like what somebody's actually doing oh sure God has all sorts but mm. he does and it's important to know that your sort and, and you as a person do matter and just to have that belief to know that listen just try it like if it doesn't work out who cares if your aunt living in Australia doesn't really think it was a great idea <laughs> because it's your life and at the end of the day like she isn't going to make you feel better <laughs> well you know it's so interesting as you say that it's who we focus on when we're about to do something and I often say this in client sessions you know if you're about to publish your first blog perhaps don't think about mm -hmm. your aunt you know she's probably not the person to come unless she's incredibly inspiring and she's the one that's had your back but it's about who we also focus on and Pat Lamb talked about this in his interview it's like when you're about to do something that you're maybe scared about bring the right person to mind you know it's a little bit of neuro-linguistic programming but it's it's that play on um there will be people who perhaps due to their own fears and insecurities, maybe struggle to support you in the way that you need to be supported. Um, so focus on, on the community of support that exists, that inspires you. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's about surrounding yourself with um, like-minded people. But for me, you know, not all, most of my, my, my core friends and, and people that I've grown up with aren't, you know, running their own businesses. So for me, it's important that that going for growth group that I've met, it's, it's just been a real, real source of inspiration. And, but, but still I find so much inspiration in my, my friends that have been my friends all my life. And I think some people as well in business and when they're going on a new path, they think that, oh yeah, you know, they have to make all these new friends and forget about the past. But I learn so much and I look at, a friend of mine that moved to the Middle East because she wanted, you know, to, she, she left Ireland. She wasn't happy in her job. And I see that as such courage. It's just like, wow, she wasn't happy with mm. what she was doing. And there was X and Y that she wanted to achieve, whether it's build a house or whatever. And I admired that so much. Now she's a teacher and it's just to keep your eyes open to knowing that courage is not just in business. Courage is like 
looking at your daughter going up the climbing frame for the first time and falling 10 times and still getting up and climbing up again. That you can see courage in the playground. You can see courage in people that are working for the government. It doesn't have to be. I think in this world that we're in today, the entrepreneur journey or the solopreneur, like it's all very sexy and it's all very cool. And it's people think it's actually sometimes a lot cooler than it actually is. But just to know that courage is everywhere. It's in your your granny that brought up nine children on very little money. And it's in your past as well. And it's important, I think, for me, um, definitely, to know where you have come from. It's definitely part of, of who I am. And to tap in sometimes to your ancestors and to everybody that is actually part of your DNA, that what they have gone through definitely um makes me who I am today and makes Lyric Media what it is. Loretta, this has been fantastic. I have to say, I've like, I could just listen to you all day and, and I really hope our listeners oh get that. Say, no, I mean that. And I think it helps when you, when you throw in a couple of fuck gay gay in the middle, because it's like just listening to that Irish voice. It's so fabulous. Um, but yeah, genuinely, thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure. Oh, Sinead, Gurmila Mahath, thank you so much for having me and hopefully one or two of the words that I've said will resonate with somebody. Without a doubt. Thank you, Loretta. Thank you so much for listening. If there's something that you've heard in this episode that has resonated with you or perhaps you think it could benefit someone else, then please do share this link or start the conversation. If you haven't done so already, click on the subscribe button in your listening app. And as always, I really value your feedback. So please rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts. And for more information, full show notes, links and resources, you can pop over to my website, SineadMillard.com. See you next time back here on The Courage To Be.